It's a Wednesday edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get podcasts or episodes every day, Monday through Friday. On today's episode, it's the first of a weekly mock draft of the lottery. We'll simulate the lottery, mock draft with the other Locked On hosts, and make a couple of picks for the Warriors. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app, follow me at WC Goldberg. And join me tomorrow, Thursday at noon, to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I get an email yesterday afternoon from Nick Angstad, who the NBA director here at the Lockdown Podcast Network who had an idea to do a weekly mock draft for the lottery teams of the 14 picks in this lottery as these other teams are playing in the playoffs. The Warriors, of course, are not. Uh, This is going to be a way for us to generate some content every week and I think a fun way to kind of go over some of the options. So what we'll do is simulate the lottery every week, uh, hear from the other Lockdown Podcast Network hosts who are Uh, representing those other lottery teams and we'll just do our own mock draft and kind of see some of the different options that are out there I think the Warriors are an interesting position because obviously they're on the fringe of the playoffs uh, but they potentially could have two lottery picks they could potentially have two top four picks slim chance that that happens it would require their own pick going there's like a two percent chance it, it falls within the top three and then that Minnesota pick that they're owed that falling at uh Number number four, uh, so slim chance that, that happens. Well, it didn't happen in this lottery. Not to spoil it too quickly, um, but we will be making two selections. They, the Warriors in this mock draft will end up getting that Minnesota pick. I will tell you where it falls. I will tell you who the Warriors take in this mock draft here in a moment. But I did want to start uh, with the comments from Bob Myers in these exit interviews. We we covered the exit interviews pretty extensively yesterday with Connell Letourneau. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. Very in-depth, thorough conversation about our impressions of what the Warriors will do this offseason following exit interviews with Bob Myers and Steve Kerr on Monday. Uh, but I, I want to play for you this sound. I asked Bob Myers, point blank, would you feel comfortable selecting two rookies in this draft, understanding the challenges that were presented by trying to develop James Wiseman and also balance trying to win at the same time. I maintain that doing that with Wiseman next year, trying to win at the level that the Warriors want to win at, right? Getting to the playoffs after missing the playoffs for two straight years, trying to do that with James Wiseman will be difficult enough, let alone having to do it with two more teenagers, two more rookies. Uh, And here's what his uh, answer was to that. Given all those challenges, do you guys as many as two lottery picks would you be comfortable adding to teenagers young guys to this group it depends on who they are right it depends on what else we do it depends on what's available it depends on um what optionality exists it, it always i know those answers aren't what you want to hear but the truth is is you know you can look at a lot of different things and some come to fruition some don't i do know we need veterans and the one area i can say without um kind of equivocating is we have to add some veterans in free agency we just have to we're well aware of that uh and we will try to do it we actually tried to do it last year with a few guys um so it wasn't as if that mindset didn't exist we were you know it doesn't matter nobody cares but we were in second place with quite a few guys that i think were veteran 
could have helped, um, but they chose to go to a team after Clay's injury that they thought they could win it more, and that's fair to them. Uh, some even said, had Clay not gotten hurt, I would have come. Who knows if that's true or not? But that's the, that's the thing we hope we've accomplished in the last couple months is proven to some of those kind of guys, I think the Warriors can win. Uh, they have to believe that. I hope we showed that we're close. But that's what you get when you're looking at a vet minimum guy or a vet taxpayer that's maybe taking less money is, can I win with the Warriors? There's no doubt they like playing with Steph, um, and they, they love Steve, and I think they view our organization as one that takes care of its players. But those players are in demand, and the contending teams are after them. But we, wanted, we did it last year. We didn't get any of them. But we're going to try to do it again, and I think hopefully we'll have some more success this offseason. So the conversation, his answer immediately shifts to the need to add veteran help. Now, maybe what Bob Myers meant by that was that they could use these picks in order to acquire veteran help. Maybe what Bob Myers meant by that was they will use these picks to draft young players, that they're prepared to draft young players, but they need to add veteran help in order to bracket those players, right? To, to help uh, buoy a roster that is otherwise pretty young. And if you can add some veterans, then those expectations that you need on these rookies, potentially two lottery pick rookies, uh, is a lot less. You know, you're not you're not heaping all these expectations on them the way that you did with James Wiseman, naming him the opening day starter at center and things of that nature. So uh, I thought that was worth sharing. I, I think that, look, the Warriors would use these picks potentially, depending on where they fall. I think they'll also be open to trading them. That, to me, is what Bob Myers said. We'll see is basically what it that came down to. Uh, but with that said, we have a lottery mock draft to do here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, it will start with the Oklahoma City Thunder with the top overall pick. And from there, the Indiana Pacers end up moving all the way up to number two, which they had a 1.1% chance of doing. So they're the big risers in the lottery. The Rockets will go from the first best odds down to number three. The Pistons will select at number four, uh, which is moving down from their number two slot. The Magic will select at number five. Uh, the Cavaliers will have the sixth pick. The Warriors pick lands at number seven. That's the Minnesota pick that comes over. That pick has a 29.7% uh, chance of landing at number seven, that Minnesota top three protected pick. Uh, th those are the best odds of any of the possible pick placements that that Minnesota pick can land. So it's an almost 30% chance that it ends up at number seven. That's exactly what happens here in this first uh, mock draft lottery. The Raptors will select at eight. The Magic, again, at nine. Sacramento will select at Magic, by the way, getting that pick in the Nikola Vucevic trade that, that coming from uh, Chicago. The Kings will select at number 10. New Orleans at 11. Charlotte at 12. San Antonio at 13. And then Golden State with their own pick at number 14 lands exactly where it probably will end up because... Uh, that 14th pick has a 97.6% chance at end, at ending up at 14, a half percent chance at number one, 0.6% chance at number two, 0.6% chance at number three, and 0.7% chance at number four. So odds are it'll end up at number 14. So the Warriors will be picking at seven and 14. We will get to the full mock draft next here on Locked on Warriors. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. It's time to get in on Locker Room, the live, audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. 
perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. As you know, I've been using Locker Room this season to record this podcast several times a week. It's sort of like an old-school sports radio call-in show, but easier than ever to join, hang out, and talk. And I will be going live with uh, the great Brams Hillsman, uh, the host of the Warriors Huddle podcast, tomorrow, Thursday at noon. We will talk about uh, all sorts of things. I'm sure he's going to want to bring up James Wiseman and potential trades for him. Uh, and in any manner uh, of any other things. And then we will opening up to a live Q&A session after we talk for about 15 or 20 minutes about various Warriors topics. I'll be hosting room several times a week as well, so make sure to keep those notifications on and come on through. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free on the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter account, and then join the Warriors or NBA group. Follow me, at WC Goldberg, to be notified when my rooms go live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Okay, so let's jump right into the Locked On Podcast Network mock draft. As a reminder, each of these picks were selected by the Locked On hosts who represent the podcast for those teams. So, in this, and we all did this in the email thread. So the number one pick went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They had uh, an 11.5% chance. Uh, of moving up from number four to number one. That's exactly what happened. And they will take Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma City, or out of Oklahoma State, rather. So a little homegrown talent there with Cade Cunningham. uh, Stays in Oklahoma, gets drafted to the Thunder. Cade Cunningham has been compared to Ben Simmons, to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the Thunder's own Shea Gilgis-Alexander. This is a great pick, home run pick by the Thunder, an obvious pick. Cade Cunningham is the consensus number one overall guy in a draft that has a clear top five, right? And so Cunningham is sort of at a tier into a, himself. And uh, and then you've got the rest of the top four that make up a very clear uh, top five group. Uh, but Cunningham is far and away the best prospect. He's NBA ready. He's a guy who can walk in, play make, score at an NBA level right away. Good shooter from the perimeter. Great playmaking instincts. All these things. You add him to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and if you're the Thunder, you've got two franchise-changing talents, two guys who could be go-to scorers and who you can build your team around. You've got two pillars now. So Cunningham probably as your lead ball handler, Shea Gilgis-Alexander as more of an off-ball threat, a scorer on the wing, a guy who can attack a bent defense that is bent by Cade Cunningham and his penetration and all these things. So an obvious home run by the Thunder. And then we go to Indiana who are the surprise of the lottery moving all the way up to number two from the 13th best odds in the draft. And they are going to take Jalen Suggs with the number two pick. Uh, Suggs is one of my favorite guys in this draft, if not my favorite guy in this draft. Uh, The guard out of Gonzaga. Things just happen when he's on the court. He always seems to make the right pass. Uh, Really good outside shooter. Really good on-ball defender and off-ball defender. Just really high basketball IQ. To me, he's the guy who can walk in and make an immediate contribution right away. If the Warriors somehow end up at number four and Jalen Suggs is still somehow on the board, that to me would be uh, a huge win for Golden State and a no-brainer pick and a guy who I think even at 19, 20 years old can walk in and help you win right away. That's how much I think of Jalen Suggs and his immediate contribution. By the way, a ton of upside. I wrote about him earlier in the season for the Mercury News right after the uh, March Madness tournament after Gonzaga lost in the finals there. But... um, no, I think Jalen Suggs for Indiana is also a great pick. This is a guy who, alongside Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, can play make for you, can score for you, can add to that defense a little bit. 
So a great, uh, you know, it's great for the Pacers to move all the way up from 13 to number two and a great get for them in Jalen Suggs. The Rockets at number three take Evan Mobley. Maybe some people say, hey, well, you've already got Christian Wood. Why would you take Evan Mobley at number three? I think you could play Mobley and Wood together in that front court. Uh, I, you could put Mobley at center and Wood at power forward or vice versa. It doesn't really matter. You could do a Twin Towers type thing. I think that works. And also for Houston, you're so early on in this rebuilding process that you don't just take the best player available. And if you think Evan Mobley is the best player available over a Jalen Green, who I think a lot of people might have taken here at number three if you're for Houston, then take Evan Mobley. No doubt about it. You're not going to just not draft the best player available this early in the rebuilding process. So Houston takes Evan Mobley at number three, which I think is a good pick for them if they believe that he is the best player. And on my personal board, I would have Evan Mobley as the better, the best player available at this point. To me, this draft, by the way, is starting to fall just as my board falls because I've got Cunningham at number one, Suggs at number two, and Evan Mobley at number three. The Pistons at number four take Jalen Green. That's a really good pick, I think, for Detroit. This is a young team. They move on from Blake Griffin. Yes, they have Jeremy Grant, who's a wing presence there. They've got guys that they like. Um, but uh, I think that you are obviously missing that lead guard playmaker guy, and that can be Jalen Green. Very raw as a prospect. Very, very raw. I don't like him for even Golden State as a potential pick. But as a guy who could be a franchise-changing talent for you, as a guy who can make three-pointers, slash to the rim, uh, penetrate and create opportunities for his teammates that way, potentially, I like him a lot. He could be a lead guard for the Pistons and sort of run, and you can build your offense around him eventually. But for now, you know, still questionable decision-making. Not a, not a, a very high-level passer right now. Has a long way to go defensively. Has a long way to go physically. His body needs to fill out. His frame needs to fill out. But if you're the Pistons and you're basically rebuilding around young players, you want to take that guy like Jalen Green and get in on that upside. The Magic at number five will take Jonathan Kaminga, wrapping up the top five. And and you know your top. When I talked about a top five group, a top five tier, all top those five guys just went in that order. And I would be very shocked if those five guys didn't go in some sort of order on actual draft night. I mean, when I talk about a very clear top five, scouts that I talk to say, it's not even close. I mean, you're getting a very, very clear top five, a very clear number one in Cade Cunningham, and then a very clear top five. And then really six through 12, six to 14 is a mess. I mean, there's good players in there, but there it can go in any kind of order. The guy who goes number 14 could just as easily go at number six. And I think you're going to see that in this mock draft. Uh, number six goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, talk, they take Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. This was the first time, like I said, I expect the top five to fall in that with those players in some kind of order. I was a little surprised still to see the Cavs take Scotty Barnes at number six. Let's hear from Chris Manning, the host of Locked On Cavs, with the reasoning why the Cavaliers went in this direction. Hey, Chris Manning here from the Lockdown Cavs podcast, picking number six overall in this in this mock draft. And my co-host, Evan Devlin, and I decided as the fake GMs of the Cleveland Cavaliers to go with Scotty Barnes from Florida State. He's 6'9", a really interesting playmaker, uh, has a lot of really good instincts on both sides of the ball by all accounts. He's been a winning player at every level he's played at. Look, I think Cleveland would have liked to have the coin flip go their way and then thus give them better odds that someone like Jalen Green Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, you know, Suggs, maybe even Kuminga. Um, but I, I think if you're at six, and I think you look at the board, how it shakes out, 
There's some guards available, certainly. There's another wing in Jalen Johnson available. But I think with Barnes, you got a guy that has a ton of playmaking upside. You can never have enough playmakers in the NBA. You can never have enough big playmakers in the NBA either. And the Cavs don't have any really good big playmakers right now. You can bring him in. Maybe he starts the year coming off the bench behind a Torian Prince or a Larry Nance or a Kevin Love at the three and the four. But he can come in and, and long-term, him and Isaac Okoro as a duo can be incredibly smart, incredibly tough, incredibly winning duo on the wing. And that is something the Cavs have just not really had when they've not had LeBron James. This is a pick that maybe it does offer you the win now sort of upside that I think ownership might want in Cleveland. But I think ultimately this is a really, really smart basketball pick. The Cavs need good basketball players. Barnes could be, I think, one of the very best players in this class. At 6'9", playmaking, defensive instincts, all this stuff that he does that I think is really intriguing. I, I, I love this pick at 6. And if you're not getting one of the best guys, I, I think Barnes is a really, really good guy to come away with. Can't disagree with the uh, logic there by Chris. So the, the Cavaliers go with Scotty Barnes at number 6. That puts the Warriors on the board at number 7. I'll tell you who they pick. After this, this is Locked On Warriors. Let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Your candy bar is now a protein bar. Your protein bar is now a candy bar. This tastes good. It's good for you. Built Bar is great for health-conscious men and women, whether you want to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, Low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great if you're on a keto or another low-carb diet or just trying to pack some protein in in the middle of the day. These things typically carry about 15 to 20 grams of protein. They're under, they're under 150 calories. I mean, that's just great stuff right there. Uh, they have nine different flavors available now. Uh, they're always creating and releasing new exciting flavors. And Built Bar has been with us for a long time. I've been eating Built Bars for a long time, usually in the late afternoon between lunch and dinner. It's a good way to give me the boost I need to finish up my work day. And like I said, Built Bar has been friends of the show for almost a year now, and we appreciate the partnership that we've built. So support the show by supporting those who support us. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off on your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Support for today's show also comes from Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is in the playoffs, and the NHL season and Major League Baseball are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. And if you listened to me yesterday, you would have won money because I told you the Mavericks at seven point uh, underdogs were a great bet. What did the Mavericks do last night? They beat the Clippers. Probably should have just taken the money line. Let's try to make this two days, two bets in a row. Let's try to keep our winning going. Looking at tonight's games, I don't love uh, the the spreads that we're getting, but I do love one over-under on total points. Hawks-Knicks, the over-under on total points, 212.5 points is where the over-under is set. I love the over on that. The Hawks, the Knicks, young teams... Right, Young teams trying to win, maybe nerves set in. I think that might have an effect on defense, where they might be a little bit less connected. Uh, they're at Madison Square Garden under the bright lights. I think the points are going to go up. I think you're going to get uh, big games from Trey Young uh, from Atlanta, from Julius Randle on New York. I like the over here on total points at 212.5. If you want to place a bet, head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On, again, head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On 
Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get to the rest of this Locked On Podcast Network mock draft. Uh, we left off with the Cavaliers taking Scotty Barnes at number six, which puts the Warriors on the clock at number seven. This pick was an easy one for me, people. Uh, it was between Franz Wagner out of Michigan and Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. So ESPN's rankings has uh, Davion Mitchell ranked eighth and Franz Wagner at nine. Uh, Keon Johnson out of Tennessee, Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Those guys are six and seven, still on the board. But are both uh, freshmen have a lot of upside, but just just a little too raw for me. And I think the Warriors made their big swing last year with the second overall pick by taking James Wiseman. Big, long, athletic guy, uh, franchise-changing type of talent. We'll see where his development ultimately goes. But to me, I think these Warriors need somebody who can contribute more immediately, right? I don't think, first of all, that there's enough playing time to take a swing on a Keon Johnson or a Jalen Johnson, and and actually have an opportunity. I don't think they're going to have to get the leash that they need in order to develop and hit their ceiling. So I need. To, I think they would be better served by taking somebody who can contribute more immediately in smaller minutes and not have to have such a steep learning curve and need so much rope in order to develop. And so I'm going to go with Franz Wagner, the sophomore out of Michigan. I think this guy can help right away. He's a 38% three-point shooter, a great court vision, He's got uh, playmaking ability at six foot nine, two hundred twenty pounds. He's got good size, high basketball IQ. Uh, comes from a basketball family. Look, not the high level athleticism that a Keon Johnson has uh, in order to eventually blossom into a go to scorer. But the Warriors don't need a go to scorer. They have that already in Steph Curry. You look at Franz Wagner. I think he could be Golden State's Joe Ingles, right? I think he can have that kind of impact. He's a guy who can run some offense for you off the bench. He can hit open shots for you off the ball, and he's going to compete defensively. Uh, really, like I said, high basketball IQ that shows itself on the defensive end. Uh, I like uh, what Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer wrote uh, about him defensively. He has a computer brain on defense, reads plays instantly, and disrupts actions by beating opponents to their spots. He will make a significant impact as an off-ball defender throughout his career. This is what the Warriors need. You want to be able to maintain what you are doing defensively as the fifth-rated defense in the league by the end of the regular season, but also add things offensively. That floor spacing ability that Wagner brings to the table, the playmaking ability that he brings on offense, that's what we're talking about. Bob Myers, in fact, pointed to shooting and playmaking as areas of need uh, when I asked him about it during the exit interviews, and Franz Wagner delivers on those needs. Uh, so the Warriors get Franz Wagner at number seven. The Raptors end up taking Keon Johnson. I'm sure they're happy about it. Toronto, more of a rebuilding situation. Easy to see how Keon Johnson slots in next to guys like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Orlando with their second pick. Again, this pick comes over from Chicago as part of the Vucevic deal. Uh, they pick number nine. They, t- they take Moses Moody. Uh, a solid pick. Uh, I'm not a huge Moody guy, but I understand, um, I understand the intrigue with him. ESPN has him ranked. Uh, all the way down at number 21, uh, and then um, the ringer has him at 16. But there are some play, there are some people who who have him as high as a top 10 pick. So the the Magic go with Moses Moody there at number nine. Um, 
The Sacramento Kings go with Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga at number 10, a guy who I briefly considered there uh, for the Warriors at number 7, but ultimately Franz Wagner just does a little bit more of some of the same things. Kispert, good three-point shooter, good playmaker, physical finisher, tries hard on defense, ultimately liked Wagner more, but I like the pick for Sacramento there at number 10. Uh, the Pelicans are up at number 11. They take, and I'm going to do my best here, Alperen Sanguin, who ESPN has ranked at number 14, the Turkish center. ESPN has him ranked at number 14th. The ringer has him at number 9. He is one of the early uh, risers in this draft, and he's been compared to DeMontis Sabonis, Nikola Vucevic, and his Cantor. Really good interior scorer at 6'10", 240 pounds. Great feel for the game. High-level rebounder, kind of a throwback big man. And if you're uh, the Pelicans picking at number 11, an interesting pick, I think, no doubt. But if he's got some playmaking skills and he can get a guy like Zion Williamson involved a little bit, uh, he can kick out to shooters and do things like that. Uh, the, the Pelicans are obviously doubling down on rebounding when they have Zion and Steven Adams. Um, an interesting pick, but if the Pelicans just think that Sanguine is the best player available, I don't have a problem with the pick overall. Okay, number 12 is Charlotte. The Hornets are on the clock. They take Josh Giddy out of Australia, uh, a tall, playmaking type of guard, kind of this year's Denny Avdia, um, a guy that, again, maybe a little bit of a reach here. The ESPN has him ranked number 13. The Ringer has him at 14. Charlotte here is taking him at number 12. If they want, But I think it's a good fit for them because this is a Charlotte team that led the league in passing, you already are you're doubling down now on passing because you have LaMelo Ball sort of establishing that culture, that that ball movement stuff. And Giddy, I think, would be a, a natural fit there. There's some still some questions about his long-range shooting, his defense overall, uh, but those same questions uh, were there for LaMelo, and it worked out pretty well for, for the Hornets. Uh, they're getting a very similar type of player in Josh Giddy. Probably not the upside that LaMelo has, but in terms of trying to fit into the ethos that LaMelo Ball and uh, James Borrego have established there in Charlotte. I think Giddy does a good job. The Spurs at number 13 take Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky. Uh, high upside, upside kind of guy for the Spurs. A rebuilding Spurs group here, picking at number 13, which puts the Warriors on the clock again at number 14. And I can't believe that this player was still available here at number 14. Davion Mitchell from Baylor. He's a junior. Maybe that's why he slid. It's because... The teams picking ahead of the Warriors here didn't want to take a guy who uh, is already 22 years old. Maybe because of that age, they don't think he has the upside. But I look, I think that there's uh, been too much made of guys being selected as freshmen. Yeah, do they have upside? Of course. You know, there's three more years of development that you have at the NBA level. That's fine. But that's not to say that really good players can't be selected uh, coming out of their junior year. Damian Lillard is one example of a guy who was an upperclassman taken out of his after his junior year. Uh, I don't know that Damian Mitchell could be Damian Lillard, but I love everything he brings to the table. ESPN has him ranked eighth. The Ringer has him ranked seventh. The Warriors here are getting him at number 14. Great ball handler. He's a go-to scoring threat, potentially. Uh, a hard-nosed defender. Unbelievable elite competitor who took a huge leap offensively during his junior year to become a lottery talent. Uh, you love everything that he brings to the table, the hustle, the on-ball defense, the off-ball defense. He's gotten compared to guys like Drew Holiday. I mean, if you're the Warriors, that's exactly what you want. Now, when you zoom out on the Warriors draft here, at number seven, getting Franz Wagner on the wing, 
At number 14, giving uh, Davion Mitchell as a playmaker, you go back to Bob Myers' comments about wanting guys who can more immediately contribute. You're going to need to still fill out the roster with some other veterans. Probably need to add a couple of veterans, even if the draft falls this way. But I think Wagner and Mitchell can help right away in a meaningful way. Uh, they can give you minutes right away uh, during the regular season and in the playoffs. And between those two guys and James Wiseman, you've got Davion Mitchell as a playmaker, Wagner on the wing, and then Wiseman at center. That could potentially be your trio of the future when Steph and Clay and Draymond age out of their primes. I love that draft for the Warriors. I think if it fell this way and Davion Mitchell falls to them at 14, which I suppose there is a chance if these teams ahead of Golden State at number 14, if they end up with the 14th pick, are, are prioritizing youth and upside and, and a guy like Davion Mitchell can fall, that would be a huge win for the Warriors. And, uh, and, I, and I think that, if again, a great draft, the way that this mock draft fell for Golden State here. That'll do it for us today. We're going to try to be doing, I guess, these, these, these weekly mock drafts if we keep getting this organized, uh, which I think, again, is a really good exercise and a lot of fun to do, these simulated mock draft lotteries. Uh, and so we'll continue to try to do them here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Now get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.